Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. Sometimes the way God gets us alone is he gets haters around us to make us see how much we really need God. Right? Some, you know, and, and um, sometimes haters can bring out the worst in us that really is in us. Can I get a witness? I mean, you thought you were just saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, just loving everybody. One of our core values, love people. You get a hater and you're like, good Lord, there's something in me that will crack somebody. Somebody say amen. There is something in me that will do some hurt, put some hurt on somebody. Somebody say amen. Why y'all leaving me hanging like this? Somebody, their flesh gets on your flesh and you're like, good Lord, I need to repent. I need to get saved again. Quiet up in church. Y'all are too quiet. Stop it. You leaders, I know you. Leaders up in here, yeah, they're praising Lauren. Come on now. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like the wrong in others brings out the wrong in us. Come on. I've had counsel before saying, Sean, they were wrong, but right now you are wrong. And I was like, no, I'm not. They got a devil. <laughs> and what is it you got, Sean? What is it coming out of your mouth? Come on now. All right. You guys are going to just be cute today. That's all right. That's fine. That's all right. I'm talking about Jacob. We all got a little something we come out of. We come through. Somebody say amen. amen. Don't leave the little white boy hanging up here. <laughs> Jacob was left alone. Look at this. And a man wrestled with him. Capital M. A man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. God will create opportunities. It's an opportunity. Alone isn't always the devil. Alone very well could be the hand of God in your life. It is a sign that the hand of God is on your life. Alone at times means you are called of God. Alone, let me say this, people rejecting you isn't always the work of the devil. It's God's hand on your life separating you from the wrong people. Sometimes we look at what they're doing and we don't see the hand of God on us. You got to see by revelation when shady people are dissing you. You got to see it as a compliment. All right, preach it, hallelujah. Spattering of applause in this spirit-filled, Bible-believing church. Golf clap. Come on, I don't even play golf. Stop that. Don't, don't golf clap me. Come on, somebody shout. Throw something at me or something. Let me know you're alive out there. Are you alive, Los Angeles? I say, come on now. Are you alive, Boyle Heights? Where are you at? But God will, God will create. It's an opportunity. Well, they don't like me. Maybe that's God's hand on your life just scooting you aside. It's God's sanctifying. It is God's affinity for you that you aren't mixing in and fitting in with everybody. Come on now. 
I would, I mean, alone is beautiful in God. Alone is part of God's plan. Alone is God's plan. Not lonely, but alone. There's two different things. Lonely is when you have weaknesses in you and, and there's, there's issues God wants to deal with, but alone is positioning by God. Alone isn't an internal issue. Isolation is an internal issue, but alone is the hand of God on your life. And every last one of us, in our context, in our journey, God's like, whoop, I'm going to scoot you aside. Come on now. That's a sign of the call of God. Here's Jacob. Had a word, a promise, time and time again. This brother is in the lineup. He's like, he's like the triple threat. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, there is weight on this man, and he's the shadiest one of them at all. But if you think about it, Abraham was lying, Isaac was lying, Jacob lying, all a bunch of liars called by God, by his grace. And they got it right. These guys, they got, they got it right. But they were on their journey and still had some stuff going on that wasn't right. Somebody say amen. Somebody say, don't leave me like this. All right, here we go. Then Jacob was left alone. I can't just get, I can't get off of that scripture. Jacob was left alone. Jacob was left. He isolates those in families. The Bible says he separates those in families. He puts his hand on people. He puts his hand. I'm here to tell you right now, I, I just see my spirit today, um, even just reading this, that if you notice, even Joseph, his son, um, um, had, had issues with his family and his brothers too. I mean, think about this. The kingdom of God and the patriarchs in scripture had family issues. I mean, they were throwing them in a pit so, I mean, you know what I'm saying? And yet God had a way of using his haters to position them as a ruling power in Egypt. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for my haters. Somebody say this with me. Say, haters going to hate. And thank you, Lord, for using them as pawns on your chessboard. And I'm the king on the chessboard. Come on, somebody. I'm not just kidding. My wife's the queen. Oh, yeah, that's right. The queen's the most powerful one on there. I, never mind. Never mind that. The, the, the king just goes like this, one. You know, the queen can do all kind of stuff. Who created that game anyway? Sorry. A queen. <laughs> A queen created chess. Is that right? All right, here we go. Where was I? Then Jake, yeah, check this out. If, if, the, the restoration in family, I'm talking to people called of God, is going to come as a result of your obedience to God, not your inordinate affection towards earthly things. There's something in the kingdom of God when somebody in a family says yes to God and pursues God with all their heart that God's got your family. I'm here to tell you right now, look at Joseph. He followed God. He obeyed God. He positioned himself. He got him alone. He ended up becoming an authority. He could have had every last one of his brothers killed because of his authority. And he, God used his influence and authority to bless his family. I'm here to tell you right now, the best thing you can do for your family is obey God. Hallelujah. And it'll trickle on down. It'll trickle on down. It'll, it'll get up on your uncles, your aunties, your ninas, and your nonas. It's going to get on everybody. Come on, somebody say amen. It's going to get on your mama. It's going to get on your brothers and your sisters. Obey God. There's a blessing in saying yes to God, and that blessing is going to touch everybody that's attached to you. 
I said, there's a blessing on saying yes to Jesus and going after him. As Jen shared in the offering, um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. The number one thing you can do for your immediate or extended bloodline is say yes to Jesus and go after him. Because you're the one that's going to bring them up out of some stuff. You're going to bring them up out of Egypt. Bring them up into the promise. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Still, still a little quiet. Making me work up here. Getting too old for this, church. Come on now. My wife's laughing. That was my wife right there. That extended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was my wife. Look at this. Here's my next point. We all need God to touch us. Jacob was left alone. A man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. We all need God to touch us. We, I mean, I, you can, you can uh, do all the right things and come to church and read your Bible. And you can serve and get on the dream team. Hallelujah. Go to growth track. Go get in the connect group. All that's part of what we do as a church. And you can evangelize. But I'm here to tell you right now, human beings, humanity needs God to touch them. I can't do it for you. I can't touch you for him. I can't do it. But you, we all need God's hand on us where it is God calling you, God touching you, God working in you. This is just the, 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 the community is subsequent to the primary thing that God desires to do is put his hand on you and work in your life and touch you. Because when he touches you, he changes you. When he touches you, he heals you. I can't do it for you but God can all right God will create opportunities for you to be alone we all need God to touch us here it is verse 25 now when he saw that he did not prevail against him he wrestled with him what's it saying it says it says that when God saw that he did not prevail against him he touched the socket of his hip he touched Jacob touched him touched him the man had some issues and he and he and he was getting things right he made amends with Laban his uncle he comes into this place he thinks his brother's coming to get him and he goes after God he's a willing to be set apart away from his family for this moment and God is like man this little joker doesn't give up this this little this little guy's a fighter this little dude, man, and, and the Bible says, look, okay, okay, you want to play that game, Jacob? Okay, boop. Put his hand on him. Somebody say, put your hands on me, Jesus. All right? Come on, come on, come on. Some of us, we, we needed to get, we needed God to touch us. I mean, Come on now. Anybody can relate. I needed God to touch me. My childhood, my background, I was smoking weed the first year in church. Showing up high as a teenager. High as a kite. Coming to Bible study because of the skateboard ramp. I needed a touch. I needed God to touch. I needed, I, I, you know, I was a little too confident. You know what I mean? I thought I had it going on. I, I thought, oh, I got this. No, but God had to. God, now, now look, now this is how I go to church, right? I'm the, God touched me in the hollow of my thigh, and now I'm like, Lord, you just touched me, and here I am. I just want to serve you. I just want to love you. That God desires to touch you, and you're going to change. What, is it, what did it do? It changed the way that this man walked. He touched him, and his walk changed. 
All right. Somebody say, don't leave me like this. Touched him in the socket of his hip. Or, or really, what, what is that? He touched him in a place that gave his flesh mobility. Touched him in a place that it gave his flesh mobility. The socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. We all need God to touch us. Look at verse 26. And he said, let me go. This is God talking to Jacob. Let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So here it is. This man was fighting, deceiving, stealing. He's a fighter. And, and God was able to take that thing and use it for his glory. God, he took that very thing. He is like God was trying to get on out of there. Okay, it's daybreak. Let me go. And, and, and Jacob was arguing with God. I won't let go till you bless me. No. Hey, John, can you come up here, please? John, you're going to be God. All right. It's God. Come on. So if you could just stand up here. So this is God, everybody. All right, this is God. Don't hurt me now, okay? But here's Jacob. Now, Jacob is wrestling with God. So I'm going to do I'm just going to grab your ankle. So here's Jacob. I mean, he's got God, right? He's got his leg. Now, now John, you try to just kind of walk on out of here. Just, come on. I won't let go. No, not letting go. I won't let go. Don't leave me like this. Don't you leave me. Like, come on, keep going. Keep Don't you. No. No, I'm not going down those stairs. Don't you leave me like this. Somebody say, don't you leave me like this. Some of you need to hold on to God like this. Some of you are like, oh, you know, God didn't speak to me. No, you need to hold like, no, not going. I ain't leaving sanctuary early. I don't care if that little white boy gets on my nerves. Don't let go till you bless me. I won't let go till you bless me. I won't let go till you bless me. <laughs> All right. Give it up for John, everybody. Thank Let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go. I think God tests us sometimes. Because look, at when Elijah was called and he was following Elijah, Elijah told him, stay here. Elijah said, nope, I'm coming. And then they get to the next place. They get to Jericho, and Elijah's like, nah, man, stay. I'm going. He said, nope, coming after you. Jesus said, unless you first, you know, he rolled up on the disciples. Follow me. John chapter 6, he says, y'all, when he talked about you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood, he's like, do you guys want to go too? And I believe in the, I'm talking to some called people. I'm talking to some people going after God that, that you have to have some audacity about you, some, some persistence, some fight about you. Some of us, I think we just, we just give up too easy. And, and just because it's not easy doesn't mean we just give up. Oh, you know, you know, then people there, you know, I, I, you know, people leave church because people don't smile at them just right. And I thank God, I mean, we don't ever want that to happen here. We don't ever want people to think people don't love people here. But I'm here to tell you right now that if people don't love you, is that, is that, is that, how, is that what's going to get you off course? Because so-and-so didn't smile at you? And you, we got a whole city of people that don't even know who Jesus is. We got a whole community here of people that we want to we want, we want revival to happen at the Mendez High School across the street. And you're going to stop following God because somebody don't like you? 
And you want to stop following God because God's not speaking to you how you think he should all the time. You, you ain't just going to obey and follow God and be faithful because it's right, because it's in your spirit, because, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus, though none go with me. Still, I will follow the world behind me, the cross before me. Come on now. We got to bring some old school songs out that really talk about surrender and say, look, I don't even if I don't feel it, I'm showing up. Even even if, even if so-and-so don't like me, I'm showing up. He has made a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Some of y'all need to learn how to eat a word when you feel like you got haters sitting right by you. See, see you got to put more value on the food than the person hating at you across the table. You put, were you worshiping them now? Oh, oh, so you're following their lead. When they hate you, you leave God? Ah, some of y'all didn't know I was going to preach this this morning, but come on now. I, God's looking for some soldiers. Endure hardness as a good soldier. And, and, and he's looking for some warriors. He's looking for some people that know how to put the armor of God on and be like, look, you don't even have to like me. Actually, if you don't, it's probably a benefit to me because it's going to cause me to reach out to God all the more. Bring the hate. Actually, that's not my prayer, Lord. I'm not, because I know you're going to do it anyway, God. So, but I love you. I love him more. More than everybody liking me. More than everything, everything being just right. I like, I mean, that, that, I, he's God. I, I love him more. He's done way too much for me to use somebody else as a crutch to walk away from him. Man, you know, my former pastor, he was bad. I, yeah, me too. I had some of those. But just because a spiritual leader falls into sin doesn't mean I'm leaving God. Yeah, Jesus. Come on, we got to be lovers of God. I mean, lovers of God. Man, yeah. You know what? People are going to do you wrong. Look at you funny. Say something funny. Gossip about you. Talk about you. Talk about you behind your back. This and that. But, but you know what? You got to just get in the presence of God. Just get alone with God. Take some time to be alone with God. Let God touch you. Because don't be controlled by that. When you're in the spirit, you know, and you're talking to him and you're in fellowship with God, those things can roll off of your, you know, water, like water. Water off a duck's back. You know that water falls off of a duck because ducks are oily. And we maybe maybe you won't have enough oil on you. Maybe not enough anointing on you. Maybe you haven't been in the presence of God where that water affects you. It doesn't just roll off you. If you're in the anointing, slip right off you. Some of us, we need to be oilier Christians. Come on, you got to get some oil on you. Get some anointing. Get some presence on you so that those kind of things might come at you. You know, the devil will come at you one way, but he'll flee from you seven ways. You know, um, he might come at you, but but God's going to even work that for your benefit. He's going to use the devil to propel you into your purpose. Devil, devil ain't, doesn't have control over the plan of God. The, God allows the devil to operate. He, he's a, he is the God of this world, but he has no control over your purpose. All Everything the devil meant for evil, God will turn for good. As we learned in my connect group, at, on Thursday nights at 7 p.m., there's free coffee and crumpets. 
Sorry, not crumpets. We don't have crumpets. We have pan dulce. That's right. Free cafecito gratis. I'm waiting for a nod from a Hispanic in the room. We learn that in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, that he works all things after the counsel of his will. All things. Like he actually will take a mess and position somebody and purpose through it and give them a message as a result of their faithfulness. Look at Jacob. His issues, his history is spotted, questionable. Like why would God still touch this guy? Because it was a promise on his life. You got to live by promise. All right. Hallelujah. Where was I? So he said to him, what is your name? No, let's go back to verse 26. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let go unless you bless me. Here's my next point. Desperation leads to breakthrough. I said, desperation leads to breakthrough. Don't leave me like this. I still say it. God, don't leave me like this. God, don't leave me like this. Don't leave, thank you for where I am, where I've come, how far I've come, but don't leave me like this. Touch me again. Touch me again. Your, said this at my connect group on Thursday nights, 7 p.m., free coffee and crumpets. Sorry, pan dulce. That your faithfulness to God, your history with God is a roadmap for somebody else. There's more weighing on your obedience than your own life. Your life is a roadmap for somebody else. You're, you're, you are some, your journey is somebody else's GPS system to get where they're called to be. We're more connected than you realize. Jacob had 12 tribes of his seed, the 12 tribes of Israel. His faithfulness was attached to the kingdom of God. There was, his seed was powerful and potent. Judah. Issachar, Reuben, Gath, birthed that seed. His obedience was attached to his legacy. And you got to understand that your obedience is a roadmap for somebody else. And you might say, Pastor John, I don't even know where I'm going. Well, welcome to the walk of faith. But some, you will be able to communicate it to somebody else if you're faithful. God will create opportunities for you to be alone. We all need God to touch us. Desperation leads to breakthrough. Verse 27, I'm almost done. So he said to him, what, what is your name? You have a friend, he said, what your name is? What your name is? What your name is? Look at somebody and ask him, say, what your name is? What your name is? He wanted a blessing from God. And God, what did God ask him? Who are you? Be real with where you're from. Be real with your stuff. What did he say? Who are you? He said, deceiver, supplanter, liar. He was honest. Here's my next point. Honesty opens the door to breakthrough. Honesty, openness, vulnerability before God. He didn't, he didn't recite the promise. He told him who he was. I said he told him who he was. He was real about his condition. Look at in this church, you don't have to play no games. You don't have to act like something you're not. You could be real. I said, you could be real. Says it, real church. Be real. Well, Pastor Sean, what if I scare anybody with my realness? You won't scare anybody with your realness. Actually, the person you think is a great leader and anointed, have them tell you some things, and then you'll be scared of them. 
Come on, somebody say amen. 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 Said, I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. Somebody, we got to get along with God and tell him I'm abused. Whatever it is, as it's dark or intense or what, you got to just, I, I'm suicidal. I don't know what it is. I'm depressed. I'm lonely. Who, what is your name, son? Jacob. Verse 28, and he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob. <sighs> Somebody want a name change? Come on. <laughs> your name shall no longer be called Jacob. You are no longer going to be a deceiver. You are no longer going to be a supplanter. Don't leave me like this. And God said he's not. He's not going to leave him like that. He's not going to leave him like that. But Israel, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. And Israel means a couple things. It means prince, from deceiver to prince, or he will rule as God does. A fighter. That's what Israel. In, in, in Hebrew, it's, you pronounce it Yisrael with a Y. Yisrael means God strives, meaning God took his fighting nature and touched it. The Bible says that... Um, uh, Jacob, he created, but Israel, he formed. It's a process. In his journey, God said, you are Yisrael. You are going to strive like God. You're going to fight. You fought the wrong way, but you're going to fight the right way. God, look at here. This man was a fighter, so God knew the context of what would communicate to him? And I'm here to tell you, God knows you better than you know yourself. So he knows how to get to you and communicate with you and create change in your heart and your life alone with him because he knows you. Jacob was a fighter, so he's like, yo, let's fight. God's like, let's go. Oh, you're a fighter, huh? Okay. Touched him. So God knows exactly how to get to you and excite the destiny that is inside of you. That's what he did for Jacob. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. Jacob was a bold guy, man. Tell me your name. And he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. Here's my last point. Finding out who you are changes everything. Finding out who you are. I'm not talking about your personality profile and your spiritual gifts. I'm talking, that's all great. I'm talking about the redemptive identity in Christ that is uniquely you. He got to the point where he was honest with where he was up to that point. And God says, I'm about to flip the script on you. I'm about to change some things. I'm not going to leave you like this. Verse 30. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Verse 31. Just as he crossed over Peniel. 
the sun rose on him. The Bible says he limped on his hip. And so when he got alone with God, there was a mark on his life. <laughs> he was like, think about, he was Mr. Deceiver, cunning, sly. And then there's this trickster. Now he's walking out of the presence of God with a limp. Like, yeah, man, I just can't do what I used to do. God touched him. And him touching him changed the way he walked. I don't know about you, but I want to I want to walk with a limp. I want I need a cane, a limp. You know, I I want to, I want my walk to be so identifiable that that is somebody that does definitely doesn't have it all together, but you could tell that person, that man, that woman has been touched by God. Amen. We want to be a church. We're not perfect. We're just a perfect church for imperfect people. I'm going to say a little bit more relatable. We're the perfect church for jacked up people. How about that? (laughs) We want to be the church that has noticeably been touched by God. Our walk is different. And if you go on the story... It's, it's amazing because Esau shows up and Esau ran to meet him in chapter 33, verse 4. But Esau ran to meet him, embraced him, fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. Like I said before, the restoration in his family was as a result of his personal pursuit of God and it trickled down onto his family. Wow. Touched his family. He didn't have, he thought he was coming to kill him. And I don't know, maybe he was. But maybe in his pursuit of God, something happened to Esau. In Jacob's pursuit, something happened to his hater. Something happened. I Nowhere, it doesn't say what happened, but something happened. This brother wasn't worried about Esau. Not like, okay, Esau, well, you and me, we need to go to counseling. I'm not, nothing against that, but I'm just saying the brother went after God. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the L.A. area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary L.A. Be blessed.